Bandwidth for the Weird Things podcast provided by Wired Tree. For sites of any size and world-class customer service, head on over to wiredtree.com. Welcome to the Weird Things Podcast. I'm Andrew Main, joined by Justin, doesn't really think Moonlight deserved an Academy Award, <laughs> Robert Young. Yeah, he preferred the original script where La La Land got, uh, uh, got the true, award. True story. I literally watched Moonlight while the Oscars were on, and as soon as it was done, I just tweeted, watch Moonlight, La La Land was better as the best picture was being given out. <laughs> and, and your friend and mine, Mikey Newman, just said, did your mentions just explode because you've just, uh, I think he said, disturbs a hornet's nest with your nose. <laughs> Meanwhile, Mr. Brian, I am so hung up and overwrought with the Lego Batman movie. I don't know if I can continue. Okay, can, uh, can, can, can we talk about this right at the beginning? I uh, The first act No spoilers, of, no spoilers. No spoilers. Also, it should be mentioned that, that either Andrew or I have seen it. Okay, have you that's fine. Let, let me tell here. you what you're missing. All right, all right. Full screen on Brian. Brian's going to monologue about the Lego Batman movie. Real Go. quick, just real quick. The first act is Maybe one of the funniest things I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's it is it is uh, as a fan of of the mechanics of writing, like everything is self aware, everything is doing what it needs to do while announcing it. It does movie mechanics the way you, Justin, do impressions. It announces what it's trying to be and then finishes. So, like, the, the pilot picks up the thing and says, Oh, yeah, I hope you're enjoying MacGuffin Airlines. Uh, he says, MacGuffin Airlines, we're currently taking 10,000 pounds of TNT over the most crime-ridden capital of the planet. I hope, I assume everything will go fine. Um, all the pieces, it is so much fun to watch it and very quickly... It is the story of like, oh, Batman is emotionally uh, isolated, and this is the story of him, you know, uh, relaxing and becoming something else. Unfortunately, it's a straight up unpacking of the love story between Joker and the Batman. They they sit like like. I love this is how we're starting weird things. I, uh, with the, a weird thing. With a weird thing. Uh, also, by the way, uh, 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 everybody get really excited for later today on Cord Killers when Brian will talk about Bigfoot. Uh, <laughs> 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 you have the All perfect right. Well, uh, well, uh, All right, I've got a venue to talk about it. I will talk about it on Cord Killers. Cordkillers.com. But, but, but like straight <laughs> up, like it's uncomfortable. It got uncomfortable for I, me. It, it is weird how obsessed Brian is with it. That is our, that is our lead weird thing is our Ooh. host is haunted. By is haunted, Ooh. haunted. So, uh. It, we're, uh, we recorded this after after things. God damn it. Hold on. Yeah, J.C. Calhoun says, Schwid would have liked it better if his ex-girlfriend wrote it. <laughs> that, that's, uh, that is a he, very I, specific dig <laughs> that goes... Oh, sorry, go ahead. So uh, we're recording this now because SpaceX, Elon Musk, says that they're going to make an announcement at 1 p.m. Pacific time, which is 10 minutes from now, 
Uh, Smart Money says it's a spacesuit reveal, that which in more of a flight suit because you know they, what they've been calling like, oh, the Boeing spacesuits. You wouldn't actually want to go out into space in that thing because you'd like probably die. Uh, but more of a flight suit kind of thing. But anyhow, uh, we think there's going to be a reveal for that in about 10 or 15 minutes. But the money says that it's probably a spacesuit thing. We'll see. We'll see hey, if we're right or wrong. In, in, in the meantime, uh, last time we spoke about the upcoming NASA announcement, which yep. I guess was basically we found the universe that Firefly takes place in. Yeah, we there was an announcement. Uh, we talked about last week that, that NASA was going to do an announcement about planets or announcement of some sort. We we're speculating on what that would be and what would be worthwhile or whatever. And and I think that you know we it had to, to us it had to be something more than just hey we found another planet that we think is habitable. And it turns out they say and the star system Trappist One, which is forty light years away, they found seven planets in the habitable zone. Trappist is a white dwarf, so it's a very small planet. These things are orbiting closer than Mercury does to our own sun, but because it's a much smaller but it's much smaller sun, it's not like sizzling them. So there are seven planets in that habitable zone. They think that three of them are roughly Earth size and might be really conducive to uh, life. Uh, now the thing to keep in mind though is these planets are tidally locked, which means that one side always faces the sun. Uh -oh. But nonetheless, and they have these wonderful artistic renderings of these different worlds and different scales. Pay no attention to what they look like color-wise. That's just an artist rendering trying to make them very interesting. And they could look like that or even prettier or more exotic. We don't know. But it is an exciting thing. You know, we ha we've now found, you know, Earth-sized worlds that could be habitable and have temperate climates. Uh, How does this affect uh, you guys? You know what? I'm okay with this artistic uh, overinvestment uh, where, where uh, there are some people who might look and say like, well, that's not NASA's job to make up fake space worlds. They're well, supposed I mean, to be – It's just like show me the receipts then, uh, uh, nitpick Ned. Like you know, just go to the planet and take a picture. Let me know that this picture is really, really uh, off the target. Who cares? We're just trying to dem demonstrate that this is what they look like. Uh, yeah, no, and, and and to be honest, I think that's 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 part of NASA's job is to inspire and to get you excited about the story. Well, even if it was just a best guess, like let's say it was like let's draw the most boring versions of this, and it's just yeah, like, no, so I don't, nobody's complaining. I was just pointing out that yeah. you know, just so we know, it's not <laughs> I like love we the fact actually have photos of the plant. I'm just trying to point out. Just so you know, we don't actually have photos of this, but and, you know, and, I love and, the and fact that we're savaging. Me and Brian are trying to go in on these straw men. Yes, real quick. exactly. There's I know. A few straws <laughs> left. Uh, no, that's that's fantastic, man. Um, uh, it really makes me want to uh, go there. <laughs> he said helpfully. <laughs> well, that's the thing: is that uh, how do we go there? 40 light years away, even our best situation scenario using, let's say, Project Starshot with laser propulsion, take uh, 120 years. Who oh boy, that's a uh, yeah. that's gonna be a little. That's a little wild, man. I don't know. I I have a suggestion. Go I have on. a theory. Go ahead. You know, we really want warp drive. We really, really want warp drive, but there's certain kind of physical limits, ways the universe works and all that that keep getting in the way. But then I was thinking about something the other day. I was mm. thinking about this. I'm like, hey, you know that argument that it's all a simulation? Yeah. You know, like, and if, if you accept that you can have, you know, infinite simulations that we're infinitely likely to be in a simulation. So therefore, following that line of reasoning, we're in a simulation. Mm-hmm. And, and and maybe the cheat code that we will find 
little Konami code. Maybe it will be warp drive. Maybe we will find this thing and it'll be kind of this sort of mystery sort of thing, kind of like dark matter, dark energy or whatever. Like, yeah, we kind of sort of got a theory and how this sort of works or fits and we'll quickly just accept it and be like, this works, but you don't have time travel. It's because the universe is just folded up really weird. Maybe that's what we hope for is the alien overlords who constructed our artificial reality have actually put in a cheat code for warp drive. Maybe somebody in the chat room will be able to remember this better. But I think it was John Scalzi's old man's war that he proposed that there was like, you know, they had a warp drive MacGuffin. And he said, well, the reason it works is because the scientists say every time you warp drive – you are not actually traveling faster than light in the same universe. Instead, you are shifting spatially an to an alternate, ever so slightly different. Like you'll never notice the difference. You you will never understand. But but in that one universe, you exploded and died. But in this new universe, uh, it's as though you travel just faster than light. Yeah, there have been variations on that that like you just go into parallel universes that are pretty, pretty close. And and that was one of the things that the, the idea of warp drive in science fiction came about the time that we started to realize early part of the 20th century how damn big everything was. And we're looking at chemical rockets and even looking at like relativity going, man, like, yeah, no, we're we're never going to get there. Even if we could go the speed of light, you know, these things are 100 light years away. And how do we get around that? And that was where, you know, imaginations were captured by the idea of that. The other alternative is that when you start talking about what is humanity like a thousand years from now, when you're living a thousand year life expectancy, 40 years ain't 40 years. Yeah. You, know. yeah, you, you can you can go into hibernation on 40 years and just be like, well, yeah, that was a long trip. I slept in the car. <laughs> yeah, yeah, or maybe not even hibernate. You know, just you know, just you're if you're having such a long enough time span, just the way you pass time just could be effectively different. And because because forty years is just a different, you know, it, it it's now all of a sudden like it's not like we get on a five hour flight and are like, oh my god, five hours out of my life, I have a finite amount of hours. Uh, you're just like, oh, cool. I got on a flight. It, yeah, it was long. It was kind of annoying. What? Because uh, you have internet. You have all that stuff. You're like, yeah, yeah you know. Okay. Here's, here's, here's a, uh, this was unexpected. This just bubbled up in my mind and we could explore but this like or not. Batman. I mean, honestly, after <laughs> the first time. Uh, if you could slow down your consciousness, cl- slow down everything about your body, because that's the big problem, right? Is that, is that our equipment is not built to handle the hundred plus year journey it takes to get from point, point A to point B. If, 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 if Bob, uh, uh, inventorman showed up and said, hi, I'm Bob inventorman and I can slow down your consciousness so that you can enter a different species of people you're they're pretty much humans just everything happens wicked wicked slow the bad news is that you will you know all of this that's happening right now will be over with in the blink of an eye uh from your time frame but uh the good news is you'll be able to travel from planet to planet in what will feel like a a respectably short amount of time would would you take that deal from bob inventorman say that again yeah i also didn't get it Okay, the problem is that our equipment exists at human speeds, right? Which means we're like mayflies in the the time scale of the universe. We exist for like half a second and then we're gone. If you could choose to slow down 
all the metabolic processes, uh, all of all of your mind. Um, the 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 bad the downside being that you will essentially from our the three of us perspective you will uh, you know basically look like a stone statue slowly moving but from your perspective you will leave this time frame behind and you can uh, 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 from your perspective travel vast distances in what will feel like a very short amount of time to you yeah i guess maybe i guess you know it's that you know it's a kind of like where are my friends at though yes well and that, yeah. i guess that's the answer is okay the three of us let's say the three of us if we, we all did it together we three alone have been offered this where it's like <laughs> you three like right now so so genie shows up uh, uh bob in, in Venterman shows up and says uh hey you three are on track to die in a hundred years, and it's uh, you're you're a blink in the universe. Uh, I can slow you guys down. Bad news is the rest of the world will die instantly around you from your perspective, but you guys will very slowly get to live long enough to see the end of the universe. Are you in? No. Don't yeah, you want to know uh, how it ends? I, I, I don't. I, it, I, it ends, Brian. <laughs> I know. Don't, it ends. Don't you want to? I, I I mean I I do I want I want to I want to watch the it's no, who are I you gonna tell go Brian to new times to okay. connect with people in new times like like the, the 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 connections the point not just the like to make it to the end no you know well, like well, time, yes. like all right it's time travel but you never get to leave the ship and you're always uh uh you know a mile high in the air and you just watch civilizations rise and fall while you have no connection to anyone. Okay, so let's do the reverse then. Let's say Bob Inventorman shows up and says, I got a new gizmo. It does the opposite. Uh, the bad news is all of society, you you will never, uh, in, in, in the rest of society will perceive you as living one hour after this moment, but you can achieve so much in this hour because your whole time will have slowed down. You don't go for that either. No. Cause also that sounds like if you, if you gave that, like all of a sudden a teen girl gets that and it's like the most popular book in the world or something, right? Like, you know, the, the girl who lived a lifetime in an hour. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I just kind of like, where are my friends in all this? Well, I mean, that's that's why I'm I'm trying to construct the hypothetical in a way where you have some friends. Like you're not alone. You're not because because I agree with you guys. Like I would not do either of those if I was alone for the experience. But I might do it if you know I had some buddies with me. Uh, I don't know. I don't know, I, man. I I just kind of like I think the the whole interest in time travel, either forward or back, for me is always in the idea of well, how would I fit in? What I think it's. What, what, what qualities would I think are rad? What qualities would I think suck? How much would I appreciate our modern era versus where we go in either direction? Like it's all relative to the selfish desire to be within a community. Okay. You know? Let me ask you this one. This one would be isolating, but it would also opposed to the other ones. Well, you know, well, I, I, the, uh, the other ones I tried not to make isolating, but this one would be isolating because you're the only one in on it. If you could take your consciousness right now and snap it back 20 years, 
knowing everything, okay. you, yeah. you you get the privilege of knowing everything that you know. So that means you can predict a bunch. You can make a lot of money on on Super Bowls. You can buy the right stocks and Microsofts and all that stuff. Um, you will have. You will be the most powerful person in that time zone. You will create an alternate timeline doing it, uh, but you have to go back to second grade, which means Billy Madison. All of your relationships won't exist anymore. Like, like, like I could go find Bonnie in second grade, but I'll be looking at a second grader, and I'm not interested in second graders. There's, right? there's a book by Ken Grimwood called Replay, which sort of kind of guy dies and then he wakes up like back in college, and it keep keeps and he keeps going through this looping through over and over, and kind of deals with that, like going to meet his wife. And so, so w- kind of, w- would you do it though? Like, like on the one oh, hand, yeah, I would do it. On the one hand, I could do. You have the most the, power. The amount of- good I could do would be tremendous. I think I could do a lot of good. Now, I've thought about writing a book about somebody who goes back in time oh and God. has an idea for Facebook and all this stuff, but he's such an underachiever, he can't get anything done. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and he's just like, I have an idea for this. And it's like, he's two years ahead of the time for Facebook and it doesn't quite work. He tries this and, you know, he tries to make some stock market stuff then bets it all on something else that then because he changed the timeline, he loses it and he's in debt. And it's just the idea of, so you, you know, you he's would, such a screw up. The, the information won't help him. You would definitely do it. You would unmake our friendship. Our entire friendship would be unmade. Brian, but I'll, we'll be friends even earlier on. No, and I'm going to tell you this amazing story. I'm not interesting in <laughs> when you're in second grade. Justin, what about you? Yeah. <laughs> I love the idea like second like like I'm like I'm seven but I'm fully conscious. So I'm like stealing cars and driving around and showing up to you guys and stuff. Well we have to wait a while for Justin. I'm like honking out, you're like, you're coming out of school. I'm like, hey Brian, get in the car. Who are you? Yeah. I'm like, dude, I'm a seven year old who stole a car. I'm the coolest person you're ever gonna know. It's like that's not somebody I'm hanging out with when I'm seven years old. And also, Andrew, be honest. What's the difference between magical, uh, uh, fully grown Andrew who goes back into a seven year old's body and know it all seven year old Andrew that actually existed? Very little. That's the whole idea of that storyline of like, I have these great ideas, but I'm too much of a flake in any time to be able to make them happen. <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. I don't I don't know if, if I um would have would have much of an interest in in going back. I'm sure I could think of reasons to do it. I could justify it, but there's no immediate pull of like, oh my god, thank the Lord, I get to live my life again. Like, oh my gosh. I just realized like, it's not just the fact like you would give up all of your relationships because whatever version of those people would not, would be different or, or not, they would not fill the same roles, you know, 20 years ago, let's say. Uh, but also you would have to walk away from the internet and iPhones and all that stuff. You would have to go back to a time, uh, you know, with, with, with landlines and, and telephones. But, on I, the, but then on the other hand, like what a remarkable opportunity! What a remarkable gift you you would have. I just imagine myself as the most prolific New York Times letter writer at seven years old, explaining you know the the rise of fundamentalism, jihadism, you know <laughs> the 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 birth, the internet, the opportunities there. <laughs> well, and 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 uh, you would be a child. That's the other thing is because you'd be back in that body, you would have you would instantly be world famous as uh, if you wanted to be. You would be oh, world wait, famous on, as whoa, a child whoa, whoa, prodigy. What, what if what if that was the hook? Because of the timeline, the the moment you become world famous, everything you know 
is no longer valid because you've disrupted the timeline. Correct. So you need so you basically need to just be Forrest Gump. You've got to be you've got to be the one that gives Mark Zuckerberg the thing, and so you can be- benefit in in an ancillary way. You can't just say, "Oh, Facebook's mine." Well, and, and so yeah, so so when you go back, that's the problem. Is like you, I assume in because I thought about this a lot, guys. Uh, it, it, I assume that it's the kind of thing where slowly stuff starts to get deviate farther and farther from your memories, and it becomes more difficult to figure out like, well, which of these things have I broken by virtue of creating them? Like because you can have Microsoft before Bill Gates and so on. Yeah, but I would I would focus on things that are going to be true no matter what. Like, hey, CRISPR, you know, as far as this DNA splicing technique, if you're like, if you're very specific, like, hey, we need to study the way bacteria repairs itself from viral infections because that particular thing, like if I was could get myself 13 years old into a college or whatever, I could make that thing I could study and I could, you know, 20 years ahead of time. Oh, could so. have us onto this path for you know th- this what may be the most life saving technique in medicine that we may have could bring it twenty years earlier. That's interesting. So like uh, your focus is on stuff that is going to be true no matter what in any universe. Yeah, no I can what tell you. you oh yeah. yeah, hey Proxima B. Guess what? We're gonna find a planet. This you know Trappist one forty light years away. Look at the spectral shift. Could be seven. Planet nine, which is one of the topics we could get into, is I could I could steal Brown and Batigen's you know research. You know, and be way ahead of the time. Like guys, here's the evidence we need to look. Look at the Kuiper Belt objects. A collection of this stuff here. This is the part of the sky we need to be targeting. Also notice the tilt of the planets in the solar system. I'd be stealing all the scientific stuff that's not going to change. So. Oh man. Okay. Uh, 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 okay. Before we explore this more, Bryce, are you are you in? Uh, you wouldn't I'm do probably, it. Probably. I'm probably good. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Is that? I, I, I oh. want to save lives, Bryce. I will be saving millions and millions of lives. This is the sure. other thing too. It's a longer trip for Andrew and I mm-hmm. than it is for you. Right. Like, for you, it's like... Bryce like, is 11 years old. <laughs> <I'm> 11. <laughs> like, like, for us, we also yeah. gain the benefit of knowing we'll live, you know, very likely 25 years longer than we would mm-hmm. otherwise. Yeah. Or I mean, you, Bryce, I mean... Maybe, maybe I might make that call later on in life. But right now, you would not go back. Right now, I'm probably good. Wow. <laughs> JC Calhoun, they didn't have EDM back then, so no deal. <laughs> but you could invent EDM. EDM. You could be the guy, the child prodigy who creates uh, EDM. Uh, <laughs> how how sure are we that we're not going to find in South Africa a time machine in Elon Musk's backyard? <laughs> yeah. Oh, it turns out he took the deal and he's one of yeah, us. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, he's like, you know, little Eloy, Eloy Mus- Muskrat. They nicknamed him in South Africa. He's like, one day I'll build this time machine and I'll show you all. And he's 90 years old and bitter. And turns out, you know, he's like, yeah, oh, the Tesla company, I'm going to take that. SpaceX, great name. PayPal, I'm going to do that too. <laughs> and, he was pretty sure about the, uh, the 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 blue origin thing, right? He's just like, oh no, yeah, that doesn't happen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah right. I know for a fact that uh, unicorns will dance on the launch pad before that happens. Yeah, 
Uh, I'm just saying, you know, and 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 part of his unrealistic time frames may have had to have been, well, you know, in my timeline, you know, this did happen at this date, you know, and so there there was a sketch on the Bob, uh, wait, was it, no no the uh, the Ben Stiller show, which uh, later brought us uh, uh, Sarah Silverman and uh, uh, Bob, Bob Odenkirk, Odenkirk, yep, and uh, a bunch of other folks. There was a sketch called like um, I want to say B History Time Traveler or something like that, where it's like she went back in time, but all she had was information that was just in the universal gestalt of of like 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 she's talking to uh, George Washington saying, uh, "Okay, you're you're on a boat and you're looking." Uh, stern and like that's all she has to offer. She's like, well, are we running away or are we running towards you? Because like, I don't remember. It's Washington crossing the Delaware. It's very important though. <laughs> she's like, anyway. Uh, yeah. By the way, the the Ben Stiller show cast: Ben Stiller, Andy Dick, Janine Garofalo, Bob Odenkirk. Murderers. Ooh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. So I had uh, I had the the pleasure of being at a. Uh, talk on, I think it was Wednesday, and it was one of the scientists involved with a search for Planet Nine. Um, and I also had the uh, the, uh, the notorious honor of being the person that asked him about the work of Alan Stern. This is one of the scientists who you know was sort of against was was for Pluto no longer being a planet. And I brought up the work of a scientist who's trying to fight for Pluto to be a planet again, and watched this <laughs> this. Well, this guy's, you know, wrong. And it was amazing to watch the reaction. But anyhow, uh, it was a great talk about Planet Nine and just the utter conviction are that the scientists have that there is looming out there at the edge of our solar system way beyond, you know, where we consider the regular planets out there beyond the Kuiper Belt, Planet Nine, which would be like Neptune sized or Uranus sized, this very like nine to ten times the size of Earth. And they would say I would say that it's. I would say the overwhelming evidence says that, yes, there is this massive planet out there now. And I think that there's not a lot of disagreement there. The evidence seems to keep getting added. It's now a matter of just being able to spot somewhere in the sky and to measure it. But all the effects we think that should be there are there. And this is all based on watching the orbital mechanics of the existing planets. Like like all the planets are – appear to be slowing down and speeding up in ways that would suggest that there's another gravitational body around it. Uh, actually, more to do with the Kuiper Belt objects, which is all these like, you know, uh, Eris, Pluto, or like Sedna, a lot of these other tiny little objects that are way out there that are clustered towards one end. And they're trying to figure out, not knowing anything, what is the most, not knowing where something, what is the most likely explanation that was, well, if you had a large body, that would, that is the most probable explanation for it. It's the only thing that fits the models. Then looking at the tilt that the latest thing this year was the realization that the tilt of our of our of our solar system is tilted at a different angle from the sun itself, which implies there is another massive body far out there pulling on that. So not so much slowing them down as much as just giving them another tilt. But Planet Nine, folks. I mean, it's now it's a matter of you know not if it's there, but when we image it. Damn. Yeah. Of course, it's weird because it's like I was trying to, you know, kind of explain like, yeah, Planet Nine would be more exciting if it was Planet Ten because he got rid of our Planet Nine, and now we're like, well, now we get a ninth planet, but it's a different planet because Pluto's no longer a planet. It's like it's mixed messages. It's like, dude, look, guys, you you, know? uh, you painted yourself into corner on this one. I'm, uh, it's it's sloppy writing on your part. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, but you know, and this this is 
this is what's exciting about it, I think, is that one is like our own solar system. Our own solar system has another massive planet in it. Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, it shows you how little we know. I mean, like it just just the the our by our best guesses, this is where we are. Right. And and God knows how much more we'll know when we are more regularly out into space. Right. You know, just just even being present and and uh, uh, putting more and more equipment out there and understanding our universe even more. I mean, hell, it's like, you know, uh, outer space and underwater. It's just, uh, you know, all those non-hospitable areas that we are just doing our best to map is fascinating. Yeah, Yeah, I I think it's exciting because one of the things we've talked about on Weird Things is that don't view the universe or the galaxy as just, well, here's this little solar system here and then light billions of miles away or trillions of miles away is another spot. Things are very spread out. You get to the outer edges of our solar system and that we have massive bodies nine times the size of this Earth, 200 or more astronomical units away from our sun, and you could hip-hop and build – if civilization could just jump from place to place to place to place. And between between our solar system and other solar systems or other, other stars, there are probably – there may be just as many planets floating freely throughout space as there are orbiting stars. Sorry, I got distracted because yeah, you said you can hip hop, and I, in my mind, the rest of the sentence went uh, hip hop, the hip hop, the bang dang boogie, the hop, jump the boogie to the rhythm of that boogie to the beat. Sorry. <laughs> in my mind, in my mind, it suddenly became a rap. Thing. And here I am, like waxing poetic know, about humanity spreading throughout there. And guys, isn't this inspiring? <laughs> hip hop, hibbity doop, oop, oop, oop. Well, you can hip hop a hippie to the hippity hip hip a rockin'. You don't stop a rockin' to patreon.com slash weird things, which is where you can go ahead and support this show. Thank you to everybody who has already. We are so, so, so excited to be over 500 an episode, getting to the end of the month, which is usually a big time. So please make sure you go ahead and kick some in if you would like. Patreon.com slash weird things. So we're still waiting. It's 15 minutes after for any announcement from the uh, what the SpaceX 1 p.m. announcement. Here it is. It's 115 and there's still no announcement. I mean, so I've got another topic here I want to talk about. Oh, and I, that I was going to say, if only do... there was some kind of, you know, just uh, amorphous story that we could tell that would fill any amount of air that we needed to between now and the announcement. No, I got another topic for Oh, okay. All right. All right. All right. All right. I got I to work up for that, all right? I, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm getting limbered up. I'm, I'm excited. saying 4 p.m. Eastern time. Oh, so that's, yeah, that's already 15 yeah. minutes ago. That's math. Math's hard. Uh, the Big Think had an article about a conference, the yearly conference by MIT, MIT Media Lab that tackles forbidden research. The science is constrained by ethical, cultural, and institutional restrictions. Wait, I'm sorry. Say that sentence again. Uh, something. Cons- wait, what is science is constricted by ethical? Shut up. I'll repeat it, Brian. Okay, good. <laughs> A jiggy bridge, bridge hip hop day, hip hop. According to leading scientist, Lego Batman really falls God. apart after the first time. <laughs> Elon, all right, I'm taking, I'm taking the trip to the end of the universe. 
Sign it up now. <laughs> Pressing that yeah, button. It turns out this friends thing is overrated. Yeah, yeah. A yearly conference organized by the MIT Media Lab tackles forbidden research, the science that is constrained by ethical, cultural, and institutional restrictions. The purpose of the conference is to give scientists a forum to consider these ideas and questions and to discuss the viability and necessity of studying topics. All right, before we go into what they are, I'm going to assume it's about having sex with robots. There's somebody very passionate about that. I'm going to assume there's another guy who uh, is uh, wants to uh, make love to? Uh, he wants a time machine to make love to himself. Are these? I'm <laughs> seeing a pattern. Just, just, just like like Brian's describing the creepo Avengers. Like they're just like they all are. Like they they have extraordinary powers and money, but they're I mean, all I, I, total weirdo creeps. I feel like this whole conference is filled with, uh, with the awkward moments of uh, everybody saying like. So uh, why are you here? Like, are you into the thing that I'm into? Uh, the forbidden thing? I don't know. Well, what, I mean, in all seriousness, what would be, because I heard like the five, and before I read the article, my mind's racing. Like, what are my five? What are my like, le- like legit, what are my legit five? So, so number one, I would say medical stuff that would involve like stress testing the human body to the point of death, right? Like, like, like that kind of, like, how long can somebody be at ice before they die? Like that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, yeah, I would say a corollary of that was one of my one of my five was eugenics, some kind of eugenics based thing, right? Like that's that was such a that led to fairly shameful chapter of history. I feel like there's one that's uh, some kind of AI thing. Uh, I I don't know. I'm just thinking torture AI. I don't know what that looks like, right? Like like. Creating an actual conscious being for the purpose of, you know, doing something distasteful. Yeah, it, to it's it. it's dark like hell in the chat. It says biological warfare, but I w- I would assume that there's probably stuff on the other end of like you can't experiment with these kinds of contagions because they are too dangerous. Oh, to just with. oh, interesting. So it's not so much a moral thing so much as just a legal conundrum. Where like, well, if only we could deal with whatever. So I, I'll give you like like four or five. I read this. I'm thinking, well, what, what are things? Well, one is we need to talk about our ability to make environmental predictions, you know, climate change predictions, because all of our models run too hot, whatever. And then, you know, people who refuse to accept any sort of change, you know, have, you know, are certainly in one camp. There's not a lot to talk to, but there's a lot of researchers like Judith Curry and et cetera who are saying, hey – climate change is real, but we need to have a discussion about the fidelity and how politicized it. Cause I'm thinking like, that'd be number one is that like, there's a discussion to be had, but you can't introduce the idea of like, well, we need to check our models and do this without people going, ah, you're a denier, you know? And it's like, well, no, just science should be doing science. So that would be my number one pick. Right. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. That, that, um, and uh, this has always been a curious thing to me is that everybody has and I'm, I apologize if I, anything I say is about to be offensive, but it, it has always been accusing or uh, uh, curious to me that there's only been two sides of the discussion where it's like either climate change is real and the only obvious solution everyone needs to do is recycle every day and or whatever, or everything is a lie and you could do anything you want consequence free. Uh, I I I don't understand why. This this conflation between uh, diagnosis and prescription has happened, right? Because like like 
diagnosis is correctly evaluating what's happening, right? And then prescription is like, well, what do we want to do to fix it? Uh, but but there's never a breakout of the two sides of that. It's always just. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like this that that conversation is is something that gets us into territory that. That. Probably, 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 but but but, but I'm, I, I guess I'm just I'm just saying like it, it is curious to me that I've never heard those two aspects of it broken apart, and that seems like the uh, something that belongs at this conference. Yeah, my my second would be uh, intelligence and genetics. You know, that's a that's a topic that uh, some people very don't want to acknowledge that there's a connection that the, the genetic that intelligence is hereditary, and it is. You know, we don't know fully how. But we find, you know, the evidence is overwhelming that there's, well, we, we will attribute a lot of things to genetics, but that's one thing we don't want to because people are afraid that it gets into some sort of racial territory, which um, uh, if it does, uh, <laughs> guess what? Caucasians aren't at the top of that heap. So uh, <laughs> sucks for us. Um, so I would say that's an area that certainly like people don't even want to talk about it when it gets brought up. It becomes as ooh, ooh, because like because it because are we afraid of what we might find out, you know? You, um, you know what's funny is I actually feel myself thinking like maybe we should do this episode from the conference. Like like you're right. There are certain things that you can't even ask the questions without feeling like you're crossing a line. All right. So then there is uh, uh, I would say gender differences and stuff. We have this big debate in our country about like you know people who are how you identify and all that which is – and it's weird because if you're a scientist, you would look at this – you know – very differently than you would. You'd be looking at this very differently. Science looks at the gender discussion very, very differently. And and, and, and that's a thing where how do we get into this? You have people like, ah, oh, gender's a state of mind. Well, that's scientifically not true, but it's also true that we need to make everybody feel loved and welcome however they want to identify themselves, in my opinion. You there, know? Uh, there, there was uh, – uh, Justin and I have talked before about how we enjoy uh, 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 Harmontown, and there was a guest on Harmontown recently who expressed – and this is somebody who is transitioning. Uh, uh, she uh, expressed that uh, – she expressed gender – identification as a luxury that is uh, like on uh, what is it Maslow's hierarchy of needs like what yeah. uh, uh, so so basically like we live in an area in an age of abundance that allows us the luxury of now that we have food water blah mm-hmm. blah 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 we we now also have enough extra resources to to you know, uh, get to the uh, self-fulfillment needs, as it says on this higher here. higher concept. Yeah, fulfillment. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And but, like, but also gets into the idea of like where where we have the idea of what we our cultural identity, our personal identity, is separate from our physical biological things, and that gets into this murky area that it's like. You know, we don't want to talk about these things because it makes some people feel uncomfortable at the risk of some people using this as arguments to attack people who feel very differently and whatnot, and and that's. I'd say that's kind of a forbidden topic because, you know, there are there are people who are not accepting to others that will use this as excuses. But that's why we avoid the discussion, which maybe not a good idea. Yeah. All right. Um, so wait, are, are these are these the ones that that you nope, have come nope, up with? Or these? Nope. These were these were all the uncomfortable ones I'm expecting to find. Gotcha. No. Uh, number one, messing with nature. How much should we mess with nature? Uh, all the way. We should totally uh, – t- the, ex- the exact extent that we mess with rocks is the amount that we should mess with nature. Oh, and by the way, I just want to do a little update. There is a rumor going around. Uh, Eric Berger, who is a space writer, who uh, Ars Technica, has says 
Regarding SpaceX, he says it's not spacesuits, apparently. We'll know soon. NASA Space Watch says we'll be announcing something about the moon. About the moon. He's going to build a moon lunar base. Gonna move so uh, to we'll the continue. Moon. We've heard we've heard talks with the Trump administration has talked about like moving up to something like that. Um, so uh, anyhow, okay. we'll continue on. So number one was that. So we're messing on nature. I think we're all here for that. And it's it's just, you know, because gene drive is one of those things. Now, the idea that you can change something in an organism, then it will pass that on to every organism after that. And people talk about the idea of should we eradicate eradicate mosquitoes? Yeah. Uh, you know, the answer, of course, is yes. Shouldn't. You know, people I, – I have, I have a, an emotional reaction to that. I'm like, ooh, I don't know. People smarter than me and more ethical than me say that we should. So it's one of these things where like I'm going to recuse myself from this debate. I mean listen, if messing with nature is anything like messing with Sasquatch and those Jacklink ads, then it's going to be a gas. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, engineering the climate. One of the things they talked about is using sulfur dioxide in the atmosphere to reflect some of the light from the earth. So there's a thought about that. Should the, we do this that? This is my favorite thing. Whenever there's a climate change thing, I always wind up coming out like the wild loon whenever it's like, hey, what are we going to do? Should we recycle? And like, no, let's just make a big umbrella <laughs> that shines some of this light back into that sun's face, showing who's really boss. Like, like I'm all for all of it. Like, let's like, let us, let's engineer our way out of it because I don't think me recycling my Carl's Jr. bag is really cutting the mustard when it comes to bringing down these temps, dog. Yeah, dude, that is, uh, I'm a hundred percent on board. I'm on the exact same page. Uh, there's, a uh, somebody who wrote an article, my unhappy life as a climate heretic. The idea that like there's there's climate deniers who don't have their eyes open and there's normal people. But this guy's like uh, uh, like, no, I'm a heretic. I think that uh, climate change is real. Also, who cares? Let's just fix it. You want it? Colder? Oh, we have set a, the wait, thermostat. Wait, wait, we're getting we're getting a report on on this breaking news. Oh, my God. SpaceX says two individuals have paid for a private mission around the moon sometime in 2018. Next year, individuals, not yep. companies, not yep. like uh, Musk says it will take about a week and there will be no landing on the surface. They will travel on a Dragon 2 capsule, oh. same capsule used to bring supplies to the ISS. The rocket will be the Falcon Heavy, a version of the Falcon 9. The individuals paid, quote, a significant amount of money for the moon trip. They who? just who? announced who? who? Who, we don't who, have who somebody who, bought who, a cruise. Who, who, who. Like that's I, I the have announcement. I have a feeling that uh, they they may own lots of oil wells in the Middle East. Oh my god! Or goodness. maybe it's the Google guys. I don't know. This is what. Holy crap! Next year we're returning to the moon to orbit, but we're leaving Earth's first time in our lifetimes. Yep. Leaving hey, uh, Earth's gravity well. Uh, 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 there, uh, James Cameron was the guest editor for Wired magazine. I want to say a decade ago, and he pointed out that it has been decades since a single human being and never a woman, no woman has ever looked at the planet and seen the whole planet at once. Like that's how long it's been decades. The 1970s last moon mission was the last time any human being was able to look. Uh, all we've gotten is the equivalent of holding your face up 
against a basketball. That's that's what off planet means to us these days. Uh, okay, okay, okay. So let's just like qualify the things that are really rad about this. Number one, the the fact that we have not been around the moon or as Brian pointed out, this far from uh, Earth in a very very long time, specifically our lifetimes. Number two, we're officially in the era of like, hey. Big spender, uh, why don't you peel off a few of those dollars and we'll fly you where you want? Like, like they are now. This is the. This is to me a watershed moment. Of, I don't know, dog. You got the money? Like, you want to go to the moon? Like, I'm sure this was just an email that was like, "Hey, we'd like to go to the moon." All right, fine, man. It's gonna be four billion dollars. Sure, cool deal. Here's a billion. Do you take Bitcoin? <laughs> exactly. Can I just, for the record? state how how wrong i was seven years ago with all my nonsense screw space elevators i was wrong you guys were right you are the best and i'm the worst <laughs> well, you know yeah i, I listen i'm i'm down on, i'm against space elevators but i'm one elon musk tweet away from telling everybody it's the best idea in the world yeah <laughs> <laughs> the, the moment he says <laughs> yeah then i'm like he's like guys, building no, a space really, elevator you, you know this. i've always respected brian's opinion on space right, elevators what, what, what do you what do you think what do you think the price tag on this is? Well, we can go over to SpaceX handy calculator and we can see what it says when it costs for like, uh, uh, what do they charge for? Cause like the, Fal so the Falcon heavy is supposedly this year, we're going to get our first Falcon heavy mission. Um, yeah. and they have like what their costs for launch or whatever they list that. So, a Falcon heavy launch, uh, Falcon heavy pricing. I don't think they have moon as an option, but ninety million dollars for a launch to uh, uh, geotransfer orbit, right? So that's ninety million dollars to get a launch to there. Now to be able to push the the Dragon Two capsule into lunar orbit to do a flyby, um, that's going to involve you know that capsule, et cetera, like this. Uh, you know, could be a billion dollars or so. But I mean, that's right. Yeah, it's got to be a wrap. I mean. It probably includes catering too. Yeah, probably half, half the, the wheel of cheese. Um, <laughs> exactly. No. Also, we're gonna get a party sub, so don't yeah, worry. Freeze dried ice cream comes free yeah. with it. No, Elon. Elon. No, we're gonna have the best ice cream in the world. Trust me, it'll be good. All the as many flavors as we can. And we can't have all the Baskin Robbins flavors. But, <laughs> we got the good ones. Trust me. Trust me. I, I checked them out. I would love if that's if that's as part of that sell is he's just like just going over all the like just the ice cream options. And also we have rum raisin if you'd like. Uh, I mean, all right. Let's let this sink in. Next year. Next, next year. Next year we're sending people around the moon. Uh, that is. By we, I mean a totally private company. <laughs> Are, are the, these the two people that are here, either they are famous right now or they are about to become famous, right? The people that are doing this are going to be celebrities. Yeah. Yeah. No, no, no. It'll be uh, uh, Dennis Tito was the first uh, uh, space tourist. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, Richard Garriott begrudgingly uh, told the story of how he was on track to be the first space tourist, uh, but that uh, his EA stock uh, devalued and he had to – it was it – was, there was too much value in letting Dennis Tito take his place. Uh, so yeah, no, it's going to be like that. Uh, so we're, we're, we're going, you know, landing on the moon is certainly a bit more of a challenge or is it sort of like that? But I mean, yeah, like just like 
like the, the the rapidity at which this thing could be initiated and put forth. And we've talked about this before. People are like, well, where's Elon Musk going to get the $10 billion to develop the ITS? If he's got people writing, billionaires writing checks for trips around the moon, he ain't going to have a problem fundraising. Uh, Bryce just posted, the two people going on the trip who weren't named already know each other. They will be – but also their first initials are B-A-N-J. Uh, no, uh, it, sorry. It just sounds like a grade school gossip. Uh, <laughs> they'll begin initial training for the trip later this year. Must decline to comment on the exact cost, but said it was comparable or a little more than the cost of a crewed mission to the ISS. Well, that's like like sixty million a seat. So if we were looking at the uh, Falcon Heavy at a ninety million dollar launch per launch, so if you're looking at sixty million per seat, so one hundred twenty million, like man, maybe it's you know just a couple hundred million. You know, just uh, just think about that. I mean, if that's the case, rich people spend a couple hundred million on very silly things. Oh yeah, Fort Lauderdale. We have yachts sitting all over harbors that never get used by rich people who are like, what do I do now? Uh, uh, yeah, listen, it's, 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 uh, it's, it's, it's Gosling and Emma Stone and they're just like, whatever, we didn't want it anyway to the moon. <laughs> we'll give you our own moonlight. Get it? Get it? <laughs> we do have a moonlight jerks. Wow. Uh, no, SpaceX has, uh, released a press release already. I'm seeing if there's any new information here. Here, let's, uh, let's go ahead and let's read this press release. Uh, so real- you got, you got to figure that there's. The reason why they're not named is just in case they they wash out for one reason or another, right? Like you no, don't, I, you don't I, want I, to. They're not named because I think the I think if they're paying to do this, they. I mean, it, it depends. I mean, are these the people? Uh, these people, they they meaning the people who are doing this have paid for doing this. It's not. It's not. They're not astronaut selected. These are two a rich person or a spouse or two very wealthy people who've said we are yeah. excited. Let me read the press release. Okay, we are excited to announce that SpaceX has been approached to fly two private citizens on a trip around the moon late next year. They have already paid a significant deposit to do a moon mission like the Apollo astronauts before them. These individuals will travel into space, carrying the hopes and dreams of all humankind, driven by the universal human spirit of exploration. We expect to conduct health and fitness tests as well as begin initial training later this year. Other flight teams have also expressed strong interest, and we expect more to follow. Additional information will be released about the flight teams contingent upon their approval and confirmation of the health and fitness test results. Most importantly, we'd like to thank NASA, without whom this would not be possible. NASA's commercial crew program, which provided most of the funding for Dragon 2 development, is a key enabler for this mission. In addition, this will make use of the Falcon Heavy rocket, which was developed with internal SpaceX funding. Falcon Heavy is due to launch its first test flight this summer, and once successful, will be the most powerful vehicle vehicle to reach orbit after the Saturn V moon rocket. At 5 million pounds of liftoff thrust, Falcon Heavy is two-thirds the thrust of the Saturn V and more than double the thrust of the next largest launch vehicle currently flying. Later this year, as part of NASA's commercial crew program, we will launch our Crew Dragon, Dragon Version 2 spacecraft to the International Space Station. The first demonstration mission will be in automatic mode without people on board. A subsequent mission with crew is expected to fly in the second quarter of 2018. SpaceX is currently contracted to perform an average of four Dragon 2 missions to ISS per year, three carrying cargo and one carrying crew. By also flying privately crewed missions, which NASA has encouraged, a long-term cost to the government decline and more flight reliability history is gained, benefiting both government and private missions. 
Once operational, crewed Dragon missions are underway for NASA. SpaceX will launch the private mission on a journey to circumnavigate the moon and return to Earth. Liftoff will be from Kennedy Space Center's historic Pad 39A near Cape Canaveral, the same launch pad used by the Apollo program for its lunar missions. This presents an opportunity for humans to return to deep space for the first time in 45 years, and they will travel faster and further into the solar system than any before them. Designed from the beginning to carry humans, the Dragon spacecraft has already a long flight heritage. These missions will build upon that heritage, extend it to deep space missions, operations, an important milestone as we work towards our ultimate goal of transporting humans to Mars. That's huge. That is so, a big, big deal. Does this also officially kickstart space tourism? I mean, I mean I, as much as we, we, we've, we've, we've kind of looked at it as, uh, at a side eye as a primary generator of, of, of funds, and SpaceX has never wanted to paint themselves as a space tourism company, right? But this would seem to kick that off, that it's a thing that exists in society, right? Well, and, and how small, all of a sudden, the idea of, like, this is such an ambitious uh, space tourism uh, venture that it suddenly makes the idea of going up to a space hotel downright reasonable. Like, if you're a multimillionaire, like, why not drop two or three million and spend a spend a week up in you know with the best view on the uh, outside of the planet elon musk's twitter his latest tweet is fly me to the moon dot 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 okay oh uh, elon uh, uh so i mean and this is i mean yeah the age we live in where our next moon mission is going to be privately funded and, and yeah, I mean, it's, you know, we could say, you know, it's space tourism started with Dennis Tito and we've had, you know, sporadic things there. And you look at what it, this is doing. I like the, the thing I like about this is this is driving the primary thing. And my criticism of space tourism as its goal, as a goal is a problem is that you, you, you don't get what we want, which is better. You, you don't get, it's, it's a slower route to getting better technology and better ways to do it. It's like, paying billions of dollars to send astronauts to the moon it didn't make getting to the moon any easier it didn't make it any cheaper cheaper you know and that was the problem where you want to develop the infrastructure and governments you know can build roads but they don't really build locomotives you know they can build highways but not cars and the cars and the trains are really what's critical towards doing this and this helps fund that it's not they're not building a specialized vehicle. They're taking the Falcon Heavy they've been developing. They're taking the Dragon Crew, which NASA, you know, rightfully has done a great job of being supportive of. And now we're getting more funding, more money going into this, which brings our ability to go there even closer. Should we want to? How many people can fit in a Dragon capsule? Seven, seven, right? I think seven, but I don't know. Yeah, I think up to seven, but I think that's like for the to the space station as far as how many people because. It's going to be a couple day journey, you yeah. know, to You'll and back food, to the moon and that. A lot of beef so. jerky. Yeah. Uh, I mean, this is, this is, this is kind of, you know, and this is, I'll tell you what's interesting is that this is sort of in, uh, there was, you heard about the news that the constellation, the, uh, excuse me, the SLS, there was a t internal push. NASA had been given a memo saying, hey, let's look at the possibility of putting a crew on the SLS on, on its first launch. And I wonder, was this because they, the community, got wind that this was going to happen? And do you know who do we want to get to, you know, the moon back again? That's interesting. We're we're uh -huh. watching NASA actively competing 
there's a new space race, and it's between SpaceX and NASA. I think that's fair to say. I don't think that's fair to say. Uh, well, you know, you don't think so? I, I, I think, I think that's, I think that's legit. Uh, it's a different. Well, the the, the SLS motivation. thing didn't come from NASA. That came from the Trump administration asking NASA to look into the feasibility of sending the SLS. Well, I, I, there's certainly a space race between Blue Origin and uh, and SpaceX. Would would that be fair? Absolutely agree with that. Yeah, yeah. absolutely agree. With I mean, it. here's there are two people that have cut a significant check to do something that we have not done in damn near 50 years. The idea of that, that money can buy you that, that that came together via however we're going to find out it did, right? But let's just say uh, an email or running into somebody or, you know, in, in a yurt at Burning Man. A mysterious uh, New York real estate man who had to divest himself of significant financial <laughs> attachments. Ha! Yeah. <laughs> like... There, what I would dare say is that this does more for our fascination and further excitement of space than every PBS special we could possibly fund. Uh, this is indeed us dreaming again uh no uh, we stopped dreaming didn't you get the memo nope. we stopped dreaming it's Stop back dreaming. on it's back on we're dreaming again now mm. i mean this is amazing these I, I would dare to say that at the point that they do this the people and let's assume it's two that that do it will be among the most famous people on the planet yeah, yeah. i mean it's 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 gonna be a big deal so the question is let's let the speculation begin you know, so if it's a if we're looking at a few hundred million dollars. OK, there is a large group of people that have the money to do that. Uh, one of the like like Larry Page, would, would that be there? Is it some is it some, you know, uh, oil shake? Yeah, I was going to say it's got it. It's Silicon Valley or Saudi Arabia, right? Like there's there's but don't there's forget one, the Russians. What are the other? Turns you out it's be, one you of you like a guy like Yuri Milner. You know, you've got these Russian billionaires who love space. Who do you want it to be? I want it to Me. be something. I want it to be a secret lottery. And they're like, we're looking for podcasters to go to the moon. Yeah. <laughs> this is uh, Elon Musk starts selling chocolate bars with golden tickets in them. <laughs> <laughs> I eat so much chocolate. <laughs> I'm going to be 400 pounds in 20 you minutes. You don't have to eat the chocolate. It's a ticket wrapping <laughs> well, I mean, around. What, the what, what are you going to not eat the chocolate? Come on. Absolutely. Christ. Crazy. Jesus. Is that you teaching to be that wasteful? <laughs> chocolate we'll we'll use it but i so uh i mean like wild card like you know wonder if you know jim cameron might have the cash yeah he would be he would be that like if i were to say who was if if first guess like money wise we like well you know james cameron's like this guy already went to the bottom of the ocean and for him to be able to go there and uh by the way uh one of the people on this podcast will be at spacex later tonight with a group of people including some people from x prize and, and may do a little bit of investigating and, oh. and asking around bryce you didn't tell me about this mm-hmm. i'll never tell <laughs> <laughs> yeah and somebody put daniel Newman says talk those i'm on a secret vacation people aren't supposed to sit like like yeah like we need to start asking these people like hey uh what are you doing uh last quarter 2018 uh I got a great, great party. Can you go? I'll tell you, you know? what. Wrap your mind around how, how that. How long does this stay secret? You got it. I mean, like, I, I'm, I'm, I almost feel like it's like 24 hours. 
Oh, it, I, it, I think that, yes, we're going to find out. We're going to get rumors in the 24 hours. But I think the thing is the health thing is they're trying to they want to make sure that the health-wise. But, like, like Musk, like, yeah, they paid the deposit. They put the deposit down. So uh, the uh, – yeah, dude, the health thing is a serious thing. Um, uh, Richard Garriott came and talked at, at the uh, local Magic Club, and he lifts up his shirt and shows this giant scar. Like, basically, there was a benign cyst on his liver or something, and it's so important that you be uh, health perfect that uh, to go into space that they, they had to do, like, you know, cut them open and – Carve that out. Yeah, that's uh, you know, and that was you know trying to deal with both the Russian and the NASA standards on that. So the NASA plan was NASA was looking at the feasibility of the first launch of the SLS, putting the Orion. The first launch of the Orion was to put the uh, maiden SLS Orion launch uh, was that would be last quarter of 2019. So this is fully a year ahead of that that there's this plan to do this. I'll tell you what, man, uh, it, it, it really is. Like, wouldn't it be great if that was the new fashion craze is getting off this rock for a few days? That's uh... right. Dude, it's going to be Daisy Ridley and John Boyega. This is, gonna, this is just the beginning. Oh, my God. They totally could. That would be the biggest marketing thing of the world. <laughs> We're going to blow our entire marketing budget on one thing. Well, and, and also, like, meanwhile, like, poor Poe Dameron is just all like, son of a bitch. <laughs> what the? I'm like a third of that. What? <laughs> well, you know, it, it's a thinking about what's going to happen. So we're going to have sooner or later, we're going to start to hear names. We're going to start to hear the, the sort of, you know, however much control they're going to want to have over it. It's also going to be like, I mean, hard to keep that. We're going to get the names of who it's going to be. And that's going to be its own sort of interesting thing of what happens. The story of that happened. It's going to grow and grow and grow because man, like uh, end of 2018, it's really, really coming up fast. You know, we're already almost into think about this is, uh, we're almost at the end of you know the the first quarter of 2017. Yeah, you know, thing life happens at you fast. So, you know, I think this is going to be one of the things you're going to. It'll be we'll be able to televise this thing. We can put super high resolution cameras on board. You know, the uh, depends on how much they want to outfit that super high resolution cameras on there. The people going on this are going to want to do even if you're a billionaire. You know, if you're, you know, professor and, you know, you're Mr. or Mrs. Howell, whatever, you're going to want to do science. You're going to want to do experience because you need to justify to the world that you're not just sitting there, you know, in your ascot eating, you know, caviar and zero gravity as you head towards the moon. So I mean, but also, that's like, going to be interesting. Sun- well, that, that ascot look, you know, kind of floating behind you. You're going to put a wire in great. it, you know, make it a stiff sort of thing. Oh, so yeah. you're like, how does he do that? Mm. That's pretty amazing kind of thing. But yeah, I mean, these are going to be, you know, super, super famous for this and if they're already i'm assuming they may already be or not already fa- oh uh, you know what that is a really uh binary bet we can make uh, uh, uh up or down are they already famous is it a name we already know justin no i'm gonna say no too i'm more on yeah like russian oligarch uh you know, you know dubai multi-billionaire i feel like one of them could be one of them could be like a really public. Like, so like Yuri Milner and Larry Page are getting drunk at Burning Man and like, you know, staring up at the moon wistfully like one day we'll return. Like, hey, let me let me text Elon Musk and ask him just a wild question. <laughs> How much free cash do you have? 
I do kind of feel you want to know what I'm changing mine. I think they're famous. And I, cause like this also kind of reeks of just one of those orchestrated like, PR like, like Al mafia. Like, you know, like, well, what would it, wait, how long, how much would it be to go to the moon? I'll, I'll call, I'll uh, PayPal you right now. Like, bam, oh, look, there's, there's 200 million in your bank account. Uh, yeah, you know, but it's like I didn't know who Dennis Tito was before he went. You know, I yeah. didn't know who, you know, some of these people you hear, like the guy who did the Google, like, like remember the Google guy who did the space jump whose name escapes me. You know, uh, there are Baumgartner. guys who are worth. Uh, Felix Baumgartner. No, the Google guy who did it after oh, him. There's, oh, there's no Google guy. Yeah. Got it. Yeah. Wait, oh, so that's the guy, guy who passed away in the, uh, in the earthquake, uh, uh, on, on Everest, right? What's that? Who who am I thinking of? There was a Google executive that was lost in the earthquake where there there was an avalanche on Everest. Um, I, I don't know. Let me look. Might have been the same guy. Sorry, I, I that's. Let not me get his name out there because because he was a guy that like wanted to do that too and did it and did it you know actually hire. So let me go. Uh, Alan Eustace, uh, senior vice president of knowledge. This is the guy that had you know millions of dollars to go do that. And this is an so you think about like you have. Uh, you know, you have a number of uh, of you know these people between like you know Microsoft and Google. There are a number of hundred millionaire and even billionaires whose names that we're not quite aware of that are capable of financing something like this. And so there is a uh, uh, and yeah, Alan Eustace is is still very well. Uh, Robert Allen is still very much alive and well with us. Um, but anyhow, yeah, in 2014, he did pay for his own sort of, you know, high altitude flying. So, so yeah, there are there are a number of people who are financially capable of doing this. And so our argument is either it's probably we're thinking like we said, probably somebody either from the tech world or crazy oil or Russian money. Um, we know oil money, oil world. You know, you have like the United Arab Emirates or whatever announced their plan to have a colony on Mars in the 22nd century. So, you know, they're that they've actually the, the Prince Alweed Trust, I believe it is, is one of the investors, I think, in SpaceX. Wow. I think I think that's it. I know they're an Uber, but I think they're also one of the SpaceX investors. So, like, could be like, you know, Prince Alweed, you know, who's per person, that, not a name that we know, but could be, you know, or somebody within that family. Yeah, here's, you know, you have a, uh, he's a Saudi businessman, you know, he's a very, very active investor, technology, everything across the board. Um, you know, this is a guy that's worth $17 billion. And so, you know, could be somebody like that, you know? And so it, it might be somebody from, you know, it really that, does that sound part. like just the most ridiculous made up number, $17 billion. And yet that is the actual net worth of this individual. That's insane. Yeah. And he's been a very, very philanthropic <laughs> the person. The thing is, is that if this is under a billion, it's under a billion dollars, right? Like that's insane. A private trip. A private trip around the moon is something that private citizens are going to pay for and a private company will provide. Uh, man. How and before, it's like, I don't know, I booked you too for my birthday. Look at me, I'm rich. Dude, uh, how far off do you think we are from like a space fugitive? Somebody like just realistically saying like, <laughs> I'm going to give up journey question. Just do Brian space fugitives. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, I don't know. It's like, you know, it's like uh, Roman Polanski's continuing to make movies from the moon okay. and just sends them home. Uh, uh, hey, you guys I, got picks? Yeah, I got a pick. Well, I would say like Brian, to your point, 
I, 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 we may not, we may be close at some point when it happens to an Edward Snowden or something situation or whatever, but you remember, it's really hard to, you know, you need, you need the help of a lot of people on the ground to support you there. And if all of a sudden, you know, uh, you know, there was somebody on the ISS that we didn't want. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But, 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 uh, in our lifetimes, yes, no. How about that for an update? Well, I'm assuming our lifetimes are going to last thousands of years. Oh, that's right. Uh, singularity. Um, yes. Hey, so uh, I've got a pick. I got a pick. I got a pick that made me blubbering, crying, just out of my mind, uh, emotion. It was great. Uh, It's The Expanse. Uh, Episode five of season two just reduced me to tears like a child. It was was absolutely amazing. My only criticism of The Expanse has been that it's not as human as uh, Battlestar Galactica has been. Uh, they, they, they punched me full on in the, in, in the fields, uh, this last time. It was great. Excellent. Justin. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Legion. I think I might've been my pick last week too, but, uh, I'm really digging Legion. Like it, it's, it's like got a really X-Men kind of vibe to it. And, and sometimes it's semi incoherent and sometimes it's kind of weird for the sake of being weird, but I feel like there's just enough of a... A, a, a realistic backing to it that I'm always just very excited to be on this psychedelic uh, ride and, and they're building around the, the main character in a very interesting and fun way. So Legion on FX. And it's also, it just feels like nothing else on television. The visuals are just awesome. I look forward to checking that out. I think I mentioned uh, Ash versus evil dead before, right? Yes. It's so finished good. Oh. that. But but by the way, I uh, uh, re- I resume my stars subscription specifically because uh, I I went to go buy the abyss, which was my after things pod uh, pick. Uh, but then uh, good guy Amazon was just like, you don't really want to buy the abyss. What you want to do is start stars again. And I'm like, oh okay. And so so now I'll, I will soon be caught up with you. Okay, excellent. Yeah, I enjoyed that. But my my pick this week is. Man, I got a soft spot for this movie, and uh, I'm not gonna. And I and I go like I'll tell people like like when the subject of King Kong movies, King Kong movies will come up, and I'll be like, you know what? I still dig the 1976 King Kong movie. Oh, the one the one where he climbs the World Trade Centers. Yeah, yeah. I I because I was watching the Peter Jackson one again, and I'm like, yeah, visually it's really incredible. I feel like everybody's in front of green screens and I don't feel like this is a real place. It doesn't feel like a real place at all to me where I go back. And the 1976 King Kong, the effects are all over the place for sure. But you got a great Jeff Bridges in there. And I thought, you know, just just as a kind of a a film, like I dig it. I really dig it because it was like Kong is a disaster. It was this great like let's go to this mysterious island. Then Kong is a disaster movie. It's cheesy. It's over the top. It's 1976. But I really, really dig it. So. That's my pick, is the 1976 King Kong film. You know, and then the famous quote from Dino De Laurentiis, who was talking about, like, you know, that why he wanted to do, like, a disaster movie or compa- comparing it to, Sh- to Jaws was, like, well, when the big monkey die, everybody gonna cry. The, uh, am I remembering this right? For some reason, I want to say there's an associative connection I have between that movie and Penthouse Magazine. Like, did Bob Guccione pay for it or something? Oh, and Ms. Dino De Laurentiis, I don't know if Guccione invested or put money into it. I have no idea about that. Um, oh, oh. I think you might be thinking like Galaxiana or something or I don't know. Maybe you're just thinking about porn, Brian. 
I, well, I mean, first of all, yes, but also a yes and. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, cool. Gentlemen, uh, what an exciting episode of of space things, of weird things, where uh, it turned out that uh, my it's probably just spacesuits. Wrong. Totally no. wrong. SpaceX is doing a moon mission next year. Dude. Moon men. High five, high five to both NASA and SpaceX. You guys both killed it on your announcements. Yeah, absolutely. Consider us impressed. You know, maybe there's something to the space thing after all. <laughs> all right. It's been weird. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program.